Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. We're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. The winner of that feud, by the way. Yeah. Because he blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> by the way, I was a little upset by the whole thing. And I was going to like start referring to myself as you guys as the brain trust and you as the office and me as the guy who shows up to work. What am I? You brain trust. Oh, brain trust. You and Rick <clears throat> are the brain trust. I feel good. Yeah. I feel good about that. And then I was going to pull a thing out of the hat and go, can I talk about this or not? <laughs> I would talk about this, but the office frowns upon the heat. Right. <laughs> I was talking about this, but my mic was going to get cut off. And then, for, mic. and then for like one show, I was going to run the gimmick of saying the most politically correct thing I could say about whatever the topic You know what the nice thing about this show will be? Is that we have like the guy we can throw to, like a sports radio show. What What was that? No, 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 no. The guy that... He, he can pour drinks for uh, the, <laughs> the The Paul on the Mark Belling show. Oh, yeah, oh, that poor if you, Nobody can hear him except for Mark Belling. What? Huh? No, yeah, Paul, you're an asshole. We just need the uh, the glass wall, right? <laughs> All right. Well, let's All right. do it. Um, sure. Uh, not this one. So, should on do you want to be introduced in character or as you? And, and keep in mind, we're not. I know Scott referred to us as the Brain Trust, but chances are we're still going to call you Eddie at some point. That's right, really. Okay. All right. Yeah, like the fucking January show where. Nikki Shea got called Nick Ragnar. Like, like seven times. I warned you about that, though. <laughs> Nick Ragnar just got kicked in the face! Hey, at, least, the, at least you didn't, like, say <coughs> shit on the commentary. Yeah, at least you didn't swear on commentary because it, it got you with a good one-liner. <laughs> and because it was hot. It's a rare condition this day and age to read any good news. On the newspaper page And love and tradition Of the grand design Some people say It's even harder to find Well then there must be Some magic clue Inside this gentle Hello again everybody Good morning to us I don't know when you're listening Hopefully you're not up early On a Sunday morning Listening to this show But maybe you are It's the Ross Family Matters podcast And uh, it's Hotshot Scott Williams Jack Spade, Vic the Stick Ross, and our very special guest, a guy who's been our friend for years and probably might not be after we subject him to this show, uh, our friend Eddie Brown, Xavier Mustafa. Good morning, and thanks for coming down to our basement. Good morning, thanks for having me. So I don't know if you know how this show works, maybe you've had a chance to listen to it. We're going to get into that hat in a minute, but we want to find out a little bit about you. Um, obviously, most of our guests, we come to us because we were friends through wrestling, or at least that's where we met. Um, I don't think that's... Been I'd really like yet. to get our enemies on. Oh, I'd like to do that, too. That's going to happen at some point. <laughs> but we want to find out first a little bit about how you got into this crazy wrestling business, uh, who got you started on it, and uh, some of the cool things you may or may not have done. All right, so starting with how I got in the business, um, kind of a funny story. I ran into a guy... By the name of Jeff Briggs. Oh boy, <laughs> we talked about him. 
Uh, ran into Jeff Briggs, who introduced me to Frank, the Thumper Del Falco. Okay. And I started my training there. Uh, then I went on to train with Andrew Armani. And this was in 2003. So 2003 is when I started. So I've been in the business ever since. Wow. Almost 15. Is it your 15th year? So, so what were your first impressions of Jeff Briggs? Uh, man, I... <laughs> I can't even put it into words. The, uh, the word is liar. <laughs> That's a good word. <laughs> I mean, the guy the sure. guy definitely had dreams. Uh-huh. You know, uh, one of his things where he wanted to be bigger than the WWE, that was his goal. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, could he achieve those goals? Well, maybe, you know, if he did more than, you know, one show, uh, you know, every three, four years, you know. Yeah. Invested some capital, hired some actual people who know business sense, you know, that sort of stuff. He might have been able to do it. He's trained wrestlers, you know, stuff like that. Uh, Another recurring character on this show is Angel Armani. Alright? So what is your uh, what is your best or the first Angel Armani story you can think of that really sticks in your head? Uh (laughs) the first one that pops up in my head is when uh me and Armani got into a fight. Not a physical fight, it was a verbal fight. But uh, everybody knows Armani back in the day used to kind of just shit on everybody. Uh-huh. Just like, oh my god, your match was the shits. That was the shits. Like, that was his favorite word. Can I say that on this? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, say whatever you Fuck want. yeah, you can. We've had Masters. <laughs> Masters was on the show last week. He said the N word 18 times. Yeah. Yep. And so I remember that uh, me and TC had a match. I can't remember who we wrestled. We came in the back, and he just, like, just shitted on us to me and TC. I just got tired of it, and I kind of just went off on him. And um, I, I felt bad afterwards, but I just was, like, just tired of just hearing him just complain and complain and complain. So I trying to, like, help people. His way of helping was, like, yelling at you and telling you you were the shits. <laughs> and it's amazing the 180 he's done these days. Like, it takes a lot to get him fired up now. Yeah, but I told you do. Remember in the old days... We used to tell people if he didn't shit on you, that was a bad thing. Right. Because it meant he didn't, he didn't, care. Care. He didn't yeah. care anymore. Yeah. Yep. So, like, he gave up on you. If he was like, ah, whatever. That was bad back in the day. But now, that's kind of what, you know, what he is normally. My favorite, here's a favorite story I have uh, that involves Eddie, but it really involves TC more. So when we were using, the few shows we were doing at the end of the Rebels run, and I had Eddie, Chris Black, and uh, TC in, and I used to rave about Eddie and, and, and Chris Black. And he's like, how come you're always talking about them? And you never talk about me. I'm like, I like you, man. I don't know what you're talking about. He goes, every time you're talking about Eddie and, and, and James, you never talk about me. So, TC, we, we love you, man. I just I didn't want to I didn't want you make, make you feel left out during those shows. And also, we want you on the show, TC. Yeah. Oh, my God. That'd be interesting. Oh, Lord. I have another great Armani story. Sure. You guys probably remember this, too. Remember when we did the show with uh, SSW on uh, Arlington, I think it was called? Um, Allenton. Allenton, there we go. Yeah. Uh, and um, he went off on a guy so bad that he actually quit the wrestling business. Yes, he did. That is true. Oh, yeah. Who was it? It was uh, Rhinass. I forget the guy's legitimate name. Oh, oh, but he's the kid that broke his arm. He. This was him. This was his first show back from breaking his arm. So he shows up before the show and he's working out and he's doing his thing or whatever and of course Armani shows up being Armani takes over the entire pre-show starts running a camp 
and just, oh God. This kid got out of the ring, left, and never, ever came back. Ever. Never seen or heard from again. Never seen or heard from again. I, have you seen him? Have not. I don't. Do you remember his name even? I, he was a nice guy. So he so he outlawed everybody. He, he pulled a month. But uh, so I feel like for your entire career, for for better or worse, you've been connected to TC and Chris Black. Yes. In, in one in one way or another, right? Uh, it was a running joke in SSW back when we started that they never let you guys wrestle anybody else. So there was the entire show, and then there was the colored people's match. Oh, oh the segregation. <laughs> Welcome to the segregation match. That's what it felt like, because they always ended up wrestling each other, and they didn't ever get pulled into the rest of the group. Well, they fixed uh, that by forming the Urban Horsemen, and then they had to be forced to wrestle them. Right. Well, part of it was a stigma I had on me, because I had did a move that... Um, Ryan Ass didn't know how to take, and he took the move and ended up breaking his arm, and then I kind of got a stigma. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I didn't even realize that I was setting it up that, that you had broken his arm. I just remembered that he had broken his it arm. It was a rocker dropper, right? Like a famous, famous yeah. So Same the, difference. Bad move, if you want to not hurt people, apparently, is the Famouser. Um, how long have you known uh, James and, and TC? My entire career. So, not before. Through, no, I've been on them before. Oh, okay. okay. So, wow, okay. Well, that's cool. So, I don't know if you realize the extent of the list of the people that have been in the Ross family over the years. Mm-hmm. Give us an idea, because we know the three core is yourself, TC, and Chris Black. And then, I want to say, and this is going to show my age, but was it six years ago, you guys? Six, seven years ago, you brought Priest in? Oh, the, the Urban Horse Ah, uh, that was 2011. Okay. So, about seven. So, yeah. Before that, wasn't there No, like, hey, you're, you're oh, stepping on my question, all right, bro. All right. Who else has been in the Urban Horseman that, you know, lesser known? Well, when the Urban Horseman was originally formed, it was uh, formed in a company called uh, MSPW. Uh, they used to run in like Cold Sil- uh, Joliet and like Cold City, Illinois. Okay. That was um, uh, what's his name? Delicious, Danny Scott. Oh yeah, yeah you oh, betcha, yeah, yeah, you yeah, betcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and Steve Stone was working there, and uh, Steve Stone and brought us in, and we're doing our horseman gimmick. But it started originally with me, TC, Chris Black, and the Mississippi Madman. And so the Mississippi Madman did that show, and then for some reason he couldn't do like the next two or something. So then it ended up just being us three. Then I think at one point we had a guy named Deuce Trey in there for a split second. That name sounds familiar for some reason. Yeah. I can't remember his other wrestling name, but yeah, he came, he, he kind of did a. Uh, uh, he was a white guy, but he thought he was black, kind of that type of deal. Okay. Right on. Uh, I've met him several times. We've had dysfunction as an honorary horseman at one time. Wow. We've had priests pretty much not long term. Uh, and I feel like I'm missing somebody. Hey. Jason Masters ever have a, a toe dipped in that pool? No. Wasn't, uh, like, didn't you have Rocky Kisses in there at SSW? Yes, yes. And we did it at SSW. It was, uh,. Him and um, Enoch was a part of it. Oh, oh we love Enoch. 
Hush that up now. Yep, I'm gonna so. need you to stay straight up. <laughs> so we're gonna, no, we gotta stay here for a minute because a lot of people haven't had the joy of meeting Enoch, who is one of my favorite people to listen to talk about wrestling. Not necessarily talk to him about wrestling, but to listen to him talk about wrestling. And he he cut promos. He had this gimmick. It was a Victor Valedictorian. Yeah. And he came out, and he has a very specific way of talking. <laughs> so, like, he came out, and he cut a promo, and he's like, Man, I'm going to tell you why I'm the best. Ever, It's a lot like Charles Barkley. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you why I'm the best. Everybody else here is doing fake wrestling, and I'm doing real wrestling. And then he'd get the guy down, and then he'd hit him again, and he'd go, Stay down! And he'd look out, you know, he'd have somebody in a hold, and he'd go, I'm going to end your career tonight. And My personal favorite was when people would be giving him heat and be like, I'm going to need you to hush that up now. <laughs> and then in back, so this was in back, he was explaining, um, and I think this was for um, MCW, wasn't it? At the Miramar? At the Miramar. Yeah, yeah. And I want to say it was against Kato or somebody like that. But he was talking about his clothesline. And he's like... Oh, you know what? Huh? It was not. It was in um, Fredonia for the cancer show. Okay. And it was Sean Priest. He was telling that to Sean Priest. Yes. So he's telling Sean Priest. And he's like caressing Sean Priest's shoulders. Okay? And he's like, I'm going to give you this clothesline and I'm going to need you to stand straight up. Okay? If you do not stand straight up, I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to end your career tonight. <laughs> so, the last piece before we delve into the hat, um, as all of us at this table have tried at one point or another, you are um, also promoting shows of your own now. Um, tell the fans a little bit, I hope we have more than six listening at this time, about <laughs> Legacy and about your next show coming up in March, because this will air before that show so people will hear it and can come on down and, and see it. Well, me and DC Washington, we are the promoters of Legacy Pro Wrestling. Um, and do you want the backstory of Legacy Pro? Uh, yeah, you can give Why a brief not? backstory. We kind of go through yeah. from our side of things, but if you could give us your take on it, that would be awesome. Okay, yeah. well, basically, me and TC was like, you know what, we should we should do our own thing. You know, we were tired of some of the, I uh, don't want to say BS, but some of the BS. And Politics. Certain, yeah, and certain promotions and things like that. It was like, you know what, let's start a promotion. Uh, me and uh, Andrew Armani had a lot of trainees coming up at that point and stuff like that. And we're like, give them another place to work where we can, you know, mentor them and stuff like that. So we decided to start Legacy Pro Wrestling. And so it's going into our third year now. So our next show is uh, LPW301. So we're doing it like this is our third season, episode one. Oh, there you go. Um, we got Mr. Hughes coming in for this one. He's going to be wrestling on the show. And it's going to be on March the 16th. Yep. I'm going to need you to get that straight. <laughs> it is. It's, Mark's, it's the day before St. Patrick's Day, so nobody will be hungover. There's no excuse for not coming out today. Yeah, exactly. Come get drunk with us at the building that I can't think of the name. Sir right? Paul. Sir Paul. Wow. It's Oklahoma Avenue. 51st in Oklahoma. It's a great building. And I'll tell you what. I've, we said this when we talked with Brian a couple weeks back. Chaos. 
the way you and TC work together reminds me so much of the way me and Brian worked together for Rebels. There was a lot of a lot of this, but it worked. I mean, we, we somehow made it work, and, um, and we also used a lot of Armani trainees, you know, that were coming up and giving them a place to work. But yeah, I'll be there, and hopefully everybody who's out there will be there as well. It's the 16th of. Uh, of uh, March, right before St. Patrick's Day. Sir Paul's a great building, by the way, if you've never been there. So. Stop early, get a fish fry. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's delve into the hat. And you are our guest, sir, so you get to pick the first topic. And I can't promise you that it's going to be good, whatever comes out of that hat. I can't even promise you you'll be able to read it. So. Yeah, because some of our handwriting is not the best. And they're, so, they're so sticky, hiero- too. So hieroglyphs? Uh, it's my writing, so it's, it's about... And you'll enjoy uh, how they're all written on these fine Guarantee Bank post-it notes. All right, the topic, the first topic is social security numbers. We've talked about no, this. No, this, this, this is a quality question. So We've, we've already brought this up. No, oh, I yeah, know, but, not but as a it topic. came out of the hat. If you guys want to know my social security number, it's 393... All right, all right. Don't let yeah, me yeah. I will. I will let you. Oh, look, I will I'll, let you. I'll tell you what. My my identity is so jacked. I bet you fix it by it. So <laughs> I'll, right. I'll give that to you if you want it. I mean, go ahead. You so can... basically, what happened is uh, you were gone by this point. Yeah, you were in Tennessee. Uh, we, myself, Jack Spade, and the Prodigy were working for Jeff Briggs and the REWF, and he called this meeting down at a building called the Bucket Works. Beautiful building. Great building. And we went down there and he handed everybody, which was essentially job applications. And he wanted everybody's information. And when I, like everybody took a pen and they were filling theirs out. Cause you know, he was saying, fill this out, we'll get you paid. So he had his business certificate with him? With white out on the expiration date. But oh, that's okay. Oh, yeah, that's, so yeah, anyway, that's how you get yeah. bigger than Vince yeah, by doing stuff yeah, like that's, that. That's how that works. Yeah. So anyway, I come to the part where it says social security number, and I just make up a number. Like I know what I need. I need three, two, and four, right? Mm-hmm. So I just make up a number, and I go over to to Prodigy, and I go, "Hey man, you didn't uh, you didn't write your social security number down, did you?" He goes, "No." I said, "Okay, good." And then we went over to Lane. And we were like, hey, you didn't write your social security number down, did you? He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> okay. I was young, in my defense. We made him change it. Yeah. So now Jeff Briggs somewhere has an application with all my legit information from that period of time. And then a <laughs> crossed out social security number with a different number written on above it. And so. you, do you think, now here's the question, do you think Jeff Briggs still has all that stuff in some strong box somewhere? Or? No, no, I, I imagine he um, he burned all that for heat one winter because <laughs> his wrestling business is not successful. Uh, that's Well, the, it would have been saved had they let Peter be in, uh, and uh, Chaz Kilder. Oh no, Casey Styles. Casey Styles, right, had they let him save the show in Brookfield. <laughs> That topic sucked. Let Eddie pick a different one. Yeah. You know, the funny thing about social security numbers, that's what I want to bring up. Yeah. I just, um, in the process of acquiring a, another piece of real estate. And so I'm looking for people to rent out the current places I live. So I have to give out rental applications. And I have to ask people's socials and copies of their socials and all this stuff. And like, I just feel so awkward about it. Like, I don't want, I, I don't want these people's information. However, like, I need their information. Just can't right. tear my stuff up. 
the sewer and stuff like that. But I would never ask my wrestlers for that. No. But that's uh, and I wouldn't give it. You know, no, no offense, Jeff Briggs, if you're, if you're listening, I, I wouldn't give you my social. Well, what you don't know is this was <laughs> this was a job, and there were weekly paychecks. Okay. Oh yeah, because it was oh, yeah, paid off, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, that. right? Yeah. Yeah, sure. By the way, as much as we're going to continue to shit on Jeff Briggs, he did, I mean, the fact that we met you because you met him, something good. So good things come out of even shit sometimes. Yeah. Right? There there would be no Ross family without Jeff Briggs. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, so there was some fertilizing happening from that. Thank you, Jeff. We appreciate you, bro. All right, what's the... We'll let you pick again, because that was... I was a rough one. But, again, the next one could be rougher. Who knows? I heard a few actually say Jeff Briggs' name three times fast. He shows up with a story about who he's going to team up with to be the next big thing. <laughs> no, he comes up with a new state he's going to throw in wrestling. Oh, that's right. Delaware! Wow, I'm really picking them today. Uh-huh. The topic is Eddie Brown Cop with X-Men. <laughs> well, that's perfect. <laughs> wow. That couldn't be it. We, uh, well, we covered your inroads. Like, we know how, how you got here. Um, why don't you give us your, uh, tell us your favorite opponent and your least favorite opponent over the years. Uh, me and Chris Black have had some classics, um, like, early in my career. We haven't wrestled, like, probably the last, at least each other for, like, the last few years. But uh, we've had some pretty good matches. Um, I had some good ones with Rocky in MIW. Yep. I uh, had some good ones. And the one in the locker room was pretty good, too. <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah, we had two matches that night. First one was uh, fans bring the weapons, or workers bring the weapons since it was in the locker room. Right. But, uh, yeah. Let me try to think who else, who else, who else. Probably, I'd probably say some of my favorite times in wrestling was when we were in MSPW doing the Urban Horseman gimmick with Steve Stone and um, Hardcore Craig. They were American History Next, and we were the Urban Horseman. Oh, okay. And we rode that race line like nobody, nobody's business, man. Like we, it, it was a hot angle. We probably took it too far most of the time, but I mean, it's wrestling, so if you're not doing that, what, what are you doing? Uh, so yeah, I'll go. I'll go with All right. So oh, oh, we're not letting them off the hook. Okay, because I got a couple things. Yeah, I want to know guys that you just don't click with. Like you, you, no matter how many times you work them, you don't end up getting a good match out of it. I will say there was a couple of times. I don't want SWE. I really wasn't having a lot of good matches. I don't know if it was just the building or the promotion or what, but I remember with the exception of the time I worked with you guys. And those, a lot of those weren't good either. Well, well <laughs> one of them, now this is where I was going to go with this, one of them, the match would have been just fine if the referee didn't have a heart attack yep. in the middle of that six man and then take himself out of the match. And then his replacement didn't have a heart attack. Yes, drove. <laughs> Wait, what the hell that was? Well, let me tell you a story that happened in Tennessee. Uh, me and uh, my friend Seven wrestled a tag match. I forgot who we worked, but the referee 
wanted to go into business for himself. He wanted to he wanted to take a bump during the match. And we were like, no, we really don't need you to take a bump. The promoter was like, no, we don't need you to take a bump. So he decides to conveniently faint during the finish like of Rod. the match. That's what Rod did. And just fainted. So we're sitting there, we're doing something, and we was like, where's our ref? And our ref is like rolled out of the ring because he fainted and just like pretty much screwed up the entire match. Yeah, I mean, that would like script the whole thing. I, yeah, that's... There is nothing I've ever heard about a wrestling show in Tennessee that makes me not want to be on a wrestling show in Tennessee. So, let me ask you this. So, we talked about your opponents. Eddie Brown Cop. What's the... Where'd that, that nickname come Well, from? as our listeners can tell, Eddie Brown is a very deep baritone-voiced gentleman. And Jason Masters who was also a pretty deep-voiced guy, likes to do a RoboCop impression. Somehow, one night when we were all out, RoboCop turned into Eddie Brown Cop. And it was all things that Eddie would say in the voice of RoboCop. Gotcha. Uh, Bring it over, TC. (laughs) Perfect. Yep. Basically, it just turned into... Doing the apparently the funniest thing to do in an impression of Eddie's voice are lines from the movie RoboCop, <laughs> said by RoboCop. Um, but uh, my favorite, everybody has had an impression of you because of your deep voice, and I, you're gonna leave this with like some real self-esteem issues. I'm sorry. Um, one of my favorite stories was actually with Mario oh, in the yeah. MIAW locker room. I knew this was coming up. <laughs> so Mario was trying to explain what it's like to work with Eddie as Eddie calls spots with you in the ring because, you know, it's so deep. And he <laughs> so he's like, he'll get you in like a headlock. And he'll, slapjack, paper hop. And you're like, what? And he goes, suplex. And then he just throws you. So... So the other piece of this question also mentions the X-Men. X-Men. No, no, X-Men, as in X-Men oh, okay. Xavier Mustafa. Oh, okay. Okay. Which was uh, the short nickname that he used. Do you still use that one very much? Yeah, it was so who's the better X-Wrestler? Xavier Mustafa or the dude from Minnesota? Ian Xavier? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's definitely Xavier Mustafa. We just got to get that on record. Here's another one for the heat gimmick. I don't like Ian Xavier. He can kiss all of my ass. Oh boy, we're gonna get his, his wife's gonna call. <laughs> I, remember, I, remember, <laughs> I remember earlier in my career, uh, me, Dinty Moore, and El Wato, we went up to do a show in Eclair for uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Dale Ganya, right? No, I, maybe Jimmy Ganya. No, it was. It was Bill guy is just on my mind because of that Facebook. Was post. it AAW? No, no, it was like a new promotion. And they did this show in the skating ring, and this guy was expecting to have like all these like thousands of people. Sure, he was. I think he made Drew a hundred, maybe two hundred. But we get there, and it was like, hey, you can't be the X Men Xavier Mustafa because we have another guy to go by the X Men. So this is my first time meeting uh, the other gentleman. So I had to come up with a whole new name. I just couldn't be Xavier Mustafa. I had to come up with a whole new name. Oh, wow. So since I was teaming with Dinty Moore, and they already had Spanish uh, stew with Alvato, I ended up being James T. Campbell, and we were Cajun soup. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. 
and we are still the tag team champions uh, from that company because oh. we won that that night, and uh, we're still undefeated. They take the belt home. You said <laughs> no, for some reason I actually don't think there were belts. Yeah, it doesn't surprise so. me. From a startup. All right, Lane, you wanna do the sure add on it? Oh, and I do know who's my worst match now that I thought about it. Perfect. When I wrestled, uh, what's that kid name from the tag team, the big guy that uh, can't work with the other guy that thinks he's Shawn Michaels? James Payne. Yes. Oh, a, listen, yeah. a listener of our show. <laughs> now, I was going to say Alex Riley when you were talking about take two. That's I, that, like, I really thought big, that's where we were going remember. for a second. Like, and, and this is the thing, like, we, he had, to, he had one thing to do. And I went over this 13 times with him. I was like, this is all you got to do? This is simple? Just be here at this point? Do this? It'll, it'll, it'll be great. And it was like me, it was him, putting him over. It was to make him look good. And he totally screwed it up. It wasn't even like, it wasn't like we went in there and we were like, hey, we're going to do like Ring of Honor. We're going to go 25 minutes. We're going to do all these spots. It was one spot that he had to do one thing in it, and he couldn't do it. Now, if he listens to this show, he's going to be super mad at me for this. But there was a match that UNTC booked with James Payne versus uh, Poppy Chulo at the Miramar. And I was excited to watch it because neither guy is what you would consider a great technician in the ring. And I love poor wrestling. And... When Poppy Chulo climbed to the top turnbuckle, missed his elbow drop by a foot and a half, and then <coughs> stood up and then crawled up the wrong turnbuckle, I armani and I tapped out. I got up and walked away. I couldn't do it anymore. But I got an idea that I'm kicking around, and it's inspired by Angel Armani. So I want to make a movie about a guy who has this telepathic power that any time there's a shit match happening anywhere in the world... It pains him, right? Like, he gets this spidey sense, and he just drops to his knees, and he feels like he has to do something about it. So, and it's, it, it's loosely based on Angel Armani's life. One time, Eddie punished me at a legacy show for being late and had me work uh, James Payne in the pre-show and then followed that in the opener working Papa Chulo. Oh, there's wow. a hat trick. Wow. Yeah. Alex Riley, everybody. I don't recall that being a punishment. You were in trouble. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is probably just going to be uh, for me and you. The brain trust of it. Okay. It's the idea stick. Okay. All right. All right. So go ahead. So, those of you that don't know, uh, Vic Ross likes to partake from a little bit of the weed all the time. But never any drugs. Because right. drugs will ruin your life. You put your business all out there on the interwebs? Nah, it's whatever, man. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> the people who listen to it are us, our significant others, and... Anybody that listens to this Japan, already okay. knows I smoke pot. Well, and, and it's unlikely that any future employer is listening. Right. Show, so. Yeah, well, I'm going to put it down as a reference for me. Um, but at one point, instead of buying weed, he switched to... Uh, Cannabinoid oil or cannabinoid oil. Cannabinoid oil? Yes. Straight from Colorado the first year it was legal. So he had like a, a little stick and he would put it in. Like a vape pen. Now wait, did James Franken go get it for you? James Franco? No. The guy who used to come to the 
SWE show. Oh, no. Yeah. John, Jonathan. Oh, was it John? No. Because he, he moved out there for that reason alone. No, so. I got it through a source I'm not going to name because right. not a snitch, motherfucker. <laughs> but, so, we're sitting here uh, at uh, the Prodigy house. I'm pretty sure or, it was in your house. Or at my house. One on of our Eddie houses. Murphy. On Eddie Murphy, the couch. Um, and we're talking about wrestling. And occasionally... Fucking guts over here! I'll take a guts. shot, take a shot off of his stick, and he'll go. That'd be a good idea if they did a double down right here. I like when I smoke pot. I become Enoch. That's good <laughs> shit. But, so the idea stick is basically every time he took a hit, he had an idea. All right. Yeah. So it must have been some good mind altering. It was shit. all right. <laughs> it was all right. Like I didn't suggest anybody wrestle a blow up doll or a nine year old, but. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Right. He did suggest that he thought people could fly at one moment. I did not. All right, All right I go guess ahead. I'll go here. Let's see. That was a short one. Yeah. We're going to get through a couple here. All right, so. Dickieville, Iowa. Okay. Dickieville, Iowa. So, again, so now it's turning into our show. It is. It is. So, um, we were with Annie. Uh, we had a show in Winona, Minnesota. I'm going to repeat that because it's important. Winona, Minnesota. I've been there. At a bar called the Black Horse Saloon. Also a nice hall. Before we could leave, we had to go to Menominee Falls to get with Lane to pick him up from work and then we could head out and when we hit the freeway lane punches into his gps black horse saloon came up right away he hits the button we're on our way anybody that's driven to lacrosse knows that at the madison spur you can either go left towards janesville or you can go right towards the Dells. You need to go right towards the Dells. But nobody was really thinking. We're all laughing and joking and fucking around. And I had a concern. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> so we end up going to the left. Uh, after the fact, Jack Spade over here, as we're starting to see a bunch of license plates that say Iowa... He's like, oh man, oh I don't think this is right. And then we came up upon this sign that said Dickieville. Now entering Dickieville. And we had never seen a Dickieville in our life. So uh, we recalculated and we had driven essentially the same amount of time it would have taken us to get to La Crosse, only we were on the wrong side. We were over by Iowa. So we placed a call to the promoter, who laughed and said, yeah, I'm not falling for that. So then I took a video of the water tower in Dickieville and sent it to him, and then panic ensued. He's like, oh, man, I had you guys on, like, here, and blah, blah, blah. Like, hey, we'll get there as soon as we can. Did you so, make it by showtime? No, no. We by showtime? <laughs> no. 
as, By a inter- of, as a point of reference, the reason he didn't believe you is because before the show, Connor Riley said, hey, all of us from Iowa, from Illinois, we're not going to make it. So he had been ribbed the entire time. Okay. So, of course, then he gets the, hey, we're in Dickieville. Like, uh-huh, sure. Just like everybody else is, right? Uh, we made it right after intermission. Okay. Um, no. Like 8 o'clock at night or something. You made it right before the match. Well, I know no, we had about 20 minutes. Technically after intermission. Because Steve Stardom was in the ring with a microphone, so we knew we had at least 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but during his match. So, I, after intermission. I will say this. Like, it's a little late now, but the reason why I should have accompanied you guys on more road trips back when I had more free time was because I'm really good with directions and maps and such. And I'm the worst. Yeah, so if anything else, I could have just been your navigator. If I if I have not been there probably seven or eight times and it's not a familiar place, I don't know how to get there. I probably don't know how to get home from there even if I get there. So, I, so all through my life, college years and later, I would take cross-country road trips. I understand the way mile markers work. I see things and I'm like, hey, they should be going up, not down. I kind of understand that. I'm great for this. So anybody who wants to hire me as a navigator, I know they have GPS now, but if you're still old school, I'm for hire. I'll tell you what, though. That trip north from about the Iowa border. Here we go. Wisconsin all the way alongside Minnesota. It's beautiful. Some of the most beautiful foliage you have ever seen. Hills and trees just cut out by water erosion did you go up the mississippi river basically is what it ended up being yeah right yeah a lot of good foliage a lot of good forest life oh i'm not agreeing to that i i'm agreeing to the fact that we went up along the mississippi (laughs) your turn all right here we go let's pick out something that let's try to be more inclusive let's get juicy can we get something juicy like johnny well i don't know if he's in there you don't go by that anymore he hasn't been that in a while you could be juicy or silky. Okay, this is going to be a little more inclusive. Okay. Because oh. I know you're a comic book guy. Oh, good. See, this is right up your alley. The topic is Aquaman. <laughs> oh. And let me just give a little backstory. The reason the topic is Aquaman is because Maru loves Aquaman. Does he? Crowd and I happen to be very familiar with Aquaman being one of the biggest loser superheroes in the history of superheroes because if it's not in the water he is useless that's not true he has hard skin you know even as a kid how many fish can he call standing on third and broadway yeah or on in manhattan right yeah here's the thing i eddie i want you to give because you're a big comic book guy and I, I get, but my first experience was as an eight-year-old watching the Super Friends cartoon, mm-hmm. and he sucked then. <laughs> I mean, I preferred those stupid twins that would, you know, Justice League twins that could turn into elements. You know, Justice League. If you want, go back and look at it. Racist. It is so racist. How so? The samurai. Okay. Apache Chief. Apache Chief. All right. Yeah, yeah. Black Ricky? Black Ricky was was Black Ricky. All right, I made that one up, but you get the point. Aquaman. I'm going to go say I've never really been a fan of Aquaman. I thought it was hilarious on, um, was it Robot Chicken? 
when they used to do the, the little skits with them. Aren't you it? thinking of Family Guy, the cutaways? Like where he asked the fish to get him a, a drink and try to keep the salt water out of it? No, no, it was well they did like the real world with the superheroes. Oh, I don't think I saw oh, yeah, that that's, one. that's Robot Chicken. And Batman used to all, well, no, Superman used to always mess with Aquaman. Okay. And like at one point, like he just kills him with his like laser beams at the end of it. Okay, but, <laughs> okay. So it was like this part where he's talking to a fish tank and he's talking to the fish and the fish aren't listening to him, aren't listening to him. And Superman goes, problems at home. <laughs> so, so never been a fan. But then I was excited for the Justice League, or was it just yeah, Batman Bat- vs Superman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Justice League. I, I keep wanting to call it Justice League. But I was excited for Batman vs Superman. I said, okay, all right. I like the actor that's playing. I'm like the look. This is gonna be awesome. And then when he got to Atlantis, and I'm like, all right, there's some type of backstory with his family. Okay, that seems cool. And, and I was like, this is this is what we get. Like, it was the most anticlimactic fight scene I've ever seen in my life. The CGI was, was terrible. I was just so sad. I don't even I don't even know if I'm going to go see them. Well, I'm lying. I'm going to go see it just because I have to. But <laughs> when he comes out with his own solo movie, they, they have to do better. So let me ask you this question, Eddie. And I, I, I've been of the impression that, I, and many people feel the same way. So Marvel is a far better movie-making studio than DC. But DC seems to kill it when it comes to TV. Why can't they capture that same sort of magic when they make movies? Because the, if they were smart, they would use the, as it's called, the Arrowverse, which is on the TV shows, and put those into the movie, but they so don't want to do I that. I agree 100%. They're just like, no, we want to do our own new thing. We want to completely change everything. Well, if the fans are already digging what you're doing here, just bring that on the big screen. That's all you need as to do. soon as I saw that it was a different Flash in the Justice League movie, I tuned out. I was like, nope, not interested. Not going to see it. Yeah, no no, no offense to Ezra Miller. Like, I thought he was an okay Flash. But Grant Gustinson, I think that's how you say his name, yeah. uh, is phenomenal on that show. He's great, right? Yeah. Because he's, he's just a likable son of a bitch. Yeah. And as I grew up... So I started reading comic books in the mid-70s, yeah, close to late 70s, and yeah, I, I, Spider-Man was my guy and Iron Man, but I love the Batman, I love Flash comic books. Like, DC did a great job with their comic books, their movies just never translated. I mean... What about 1966 Batman? That movie rocked. Well, that one was a classic. So, I mean, and don't get me wrong, the Dark Knights were good, okay? I liked the Dark Knights, yeah. and I liked the first Batman with Michael Keaton. The rest of them, to me, were subpar... Superman, the first one was fine enough for the era that it was made in because it was late 70s, but Superman 3 was just garbage. I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I just read an article online <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> online yesterday. Uh, for anybody who can't see us, because we're uh, an audio podcast. We're still not telling them. they got to right. come up to me and ask me. All right. Do you know what that was? Ugh. Superman 5. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I just read a, an interview with Mark uh, Millar, who did a lot of writing for both companies, and he said the reason that DC movies aren't good is because DC superheroes are all about their powers, except for Batman, where uh, Marvel superheroes are about the person, the character. Their internal struggles. Yes. Yeah. Which is more cinematic and easier to turn into a movie than the DC ones, because there isn't as much internal... Well, I agree, because aside from Batman, there aren't a whole lot of 
really deep backstories in the DC universe. I mean, Superman was an alien, and he got sent to this earth. Like, but the struggle that you know for for Iron Man, Spider Man, and Daredevil, and some of those guys to deal with what they've acquired and how they utilize it to the good of mankind is. I don't even feel like it's the fact that the backstories are shallow so much that I feel like there was a panic on the DC side when they saw all the money coming in from the Marvel side. And they were like, oh man, we got to get in on this right now. And they just threw a bunch of shit at the wall and hoped people would come out. And they did, but they're they're not going back. Like people go see a movie two, three times if they like Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, and they're they're not getting that return business on that. I noticed DC goes in and out as far as the storytelling. Like I thought, Wonder Woman they did a good job establishing who she is, you know, where she is now, and where she's going. Right, and I don't feel they did that with like in Batman versus Superman. Like you kind of got the half-assed story, kind of like why Batman the way the way he is. Right. But there's no really focus on the characters. Um, Suicide Squad. I thought they did a lot of good um, character development in everybody, even though their villain was absolutely terrible. Because, like, I'm looking at this and I'm like, what is she doing? All right, so she made this kind of, like, black hole in the sky. Is something coming through the black hole in the sky? Is this going to explode the world? Like, I didn't kind of know what her motivations were. So I thought it was kind of stupid. But they did a good job explaining, like, Deadshot, his story. Um, the one guy, uh, what's his name, uh... Diablo, I think his yep. name is. Yep. His story and something like that. So we kind of know where those characters came from. So you get invested in it. But then, of course, then the rest of everything else was crappy with it. But if they take the time and do more of that, just like Marvel does, like the success of Black Panther. Right. We didn't really know much about Black Panther. We know his father died. Okay, he was in yeah, yeah, the yeah, Civil yeah. War. Hey, hang on, hang on. I haven't seen it yet, so don't fuck me up. Oh, no, I'm not going to okay. explain it. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, you kind of know a little bit about him, but then they went deeper into, you know, what he's about, what Wakanda is about, things like that. So, you know, at the end of it, it's like, all right, I'm behind this character. Let's go to Affinity Wars. And, and what's great is, so characters like Black Panther and Deadpool and Ant-Man are guys that weren't what you would call, like, first stringers in the in the old days. In the, and they still, they made those characters amazing. Like, they, it's because they took the time to, let everybody know how this character developed. When I was growing up, I used to compare DC and Marvel to the NWA and the WWF. Okay. In the late 80s, I wasn't a huge WWF fan because it seemed cartoonish. Okay. Whereas the NWA with the Horsemen and those characters until, you know, they put non until Jim Crockett stopped running shit and then they made it cartoonish with the Ding Dongs. But you get my point. Like there was a time where it wasn't a cartoonish wrestling federation. DC's villains, and even some of the superheroes, always seem more parody cartoonish than the Marvel villains. Like, the Marvel villains were some deep badasses. Uh, you know, the Joker, yeah, I know the Joker is, you know, a psycho, but it was just kind of cartoony. It was like the Repo Man. It was like, you know, some of the other gimmicks of, of the WWF in the, in the late 80s. And that's why I preferred Marvel, I think. You know who my uh, favorite Marvel villain is? Who is that, Doom? No, Paste Pot Pete. Okay. It's literally a guy with a tank of glue on his back and a glue gun. Okay. Alright? Like Mr. Freeze with a glue gun. Marvel Villains bullshit. That's all I'm saying. I like Craven the Hunter. Craven the Hunter is good. That's a good character. Yeah. I like Thanos. I like uh, I like Doom. Doom was great in those early comic books I was reading too. So. 
All right. All right. So you? to summarize, Aquaman's a douche. Yeah. Problem I got. <laughs> Where are we for time? How are we looking? We're good. I think we have time for another. For sure. Another poll. Have at it, ready. We're at about forty-five. Really? That's it. That's it. We're just going to take this one out. Oh, wow. This is going to be a good one. You'll agree with me. Alrighty, so pulled out of the hat. Workers who show up unbooked at a show with gear. Let me start this one. As yeah. a promoter, I love that. Because as we know, people don't show up for shows. Or some people say they're on their way and never show up. And then I can be like, hey, you want to wrestle? You got your gear? Awesome. You're in. I agree, but here's what I don't like. Okay, I like that, because all workers should be prepared to work. I don't like when they come to you and go, um, hey, anybody cancel yet? Anybody cancel yet? I'm ready. I'm ready. I hope that guy doesn't show up. Okay, so you hope that the storylines and the show I wrote gets fucked up, is what you're saying to me. Like, you're telling me that you hope somebody no-shows me so I can book you. So I agree that they should be prepared, and I like being able to look around and say, hey, there's five guys out there, and neither one of them could work if I needed them to. I just don't like the ones, Adrian Serrano, who are happy when guys don't show up so that they can get put on a show. If, if I could give some advice, if you want to come down to a show that you're not booked on, make sure the promoter knows beforehand you're planning on coming down. It's just to hang out. You want to talk to people. You want to hang out. You Maybe even... If you can, and ask permission first, if you want to work out in the ring before the show, you know, if you come down and they ask you to help out or whatever, set up, whatever, go ahead and do that. If you're not booked and you're not going to work out, have your gear with you, have it in the car, yep. don't bring it with you inside the building. Don't if, wear it to the building, <laughs> Jason Masters. Um, you know. Why are you gold, uh, gold fingering us right now, or whatever? Uh, the Austin gold Pop member, gold member. Maybe I'm Kevin Nealon. You, <laughs> the guy I don't like in this scenario is the guy who shows up and goes up to the promoter and goes, "Oh, you got that guy on the show? I'm way better than him. You should take him off. Kato. Put me on." I know that guy. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And it was usually me they were talking about. Right. And, like, I'm not saying they didn't have a point. <laughs> I'm just saying it's kind of a bullshit thing to do. Yeah, well, that's that's another level. Because it's one thing to be hopeful that somebody doesn't show up. It's another thing to now be questioned. Yeah, by the way, I hope your show gets screwed up. And you don't know how to book anyway because you should have booked me. Oh, yeah, I'm going to use you right now then. Thank you. Thank you for showing me the error of my ways, douche tool. The, uh, this has happened to me. And... and happened before the show and then the worker sat in the merch area during the show and was texting the promoter about how terrible I was during my match oh my yeah so yeah the, yeah I, I so I guess to Eddie's point be prepared have your gear but don't like get in the promoter's face and tell them that you hope their show gets screwed up so they can use it. like come to the show. Talk to the promoter, be like, hey, if, if you got any spots available, I do have my gear with you, just to let you know, and then just relax and chill out. Yep. Because, yep. yeah, then if you're one of those type of people that's trying to, like, politic your way into a spot, then no, we're not going to use you, we'll rather do a 
three-way instead of a tag or something like that just to not have you on there. Yep, nine times out of ten, you're just going to step on the toes of the promoter, and you're even if he needs you, he ain't going to use you. And, un- and unless you are asked or you have that kind of relationship with the promoter, don't offer your opinion. Yeah. So. Yeah, if you're that guy for me, I, if, if everybody but two people canceled and the only option I had was you, um, because but you're the biggest politic around, I'm just booking a two-hour Broadway with the two guys I have. So. You just have those two guys go to Dustin, buy a couple of masks, and have them wrestle. There you go, yes. A couple times on their masks. Yeah, that would work as well. All right, so now where are we for 10? Uh, let's see what we pull out. That's what she said. <laughs> Not to me. <laughs> no, to you. She said, "Get off of me! I can't breathe." <laughs> well, like I've not heard it. Ooh, I'm gonna put that one back. Oh, wait, sanctity okay. of the hat. Sanctity of the hat. Was it? Did we put it back because we don't have the proper time to commit to we it? We put it back because it was very similar to the one you just pulled out. Okay. Oh. All right. Let's see what do we got. Oh God! Well, all right. Let's give it a let's give it the best shot we can in about eight minutes. Or okay. Ten minutes. Rebooking the WCW invasion. Oh man. Well, I'll start with this. It's real simple. We're talking about after the the purchase of WCW, the invasion angle. The way you make that work is you actually let the WCW guys be credible. And you make them look like they're, at least in the beginning of the storyline, the equal to the WWF guys. The fact that Vince McMahon was unable to swallow his pride, he wanted to squash the WCW and their, anything that was, that was related to the WCW, and then the only to give it any credibility, they had to put Kurt Angle and, and Steve Austin as the leaders of the invasion, was stupid. I'm going to slightly disagree with you. You, Slightly. you certainly can disagree all you, you want. So here's here's the thing. Here's the main reason, in my opinion, the invasion angle didn't work. Outside of Booker T and Diamond Dallas Page, you had a bunch of guys that either worked for the WWE before that they already shit canned out. Yeah. Or a bunch of B-list names. You didn't have your flair. You didn't have your NWO. You well, didn't you have, have your Hogan. Well, you have. You didn't have. You had Flair. You could have used Flair. He came in. Right. The day after. after. Right. After. Right. But you could have still figured out how to use that properly. And how about this for an angle? Instead of Kurt Angle and Steve Austin, who didn't really have a whole lot of ties to WCW, uh, Austin for a while. But let's be honest. How about you then? If you want to use internal resources to lead that invasion, how about Chris Jericho? How about it looks like Chris Jericho came into the WWF to set the, the set the groundwork for the invasion angle? How about um, a guy like Chris Benoit, right? How about guys who... I don't know who that is. Okay, my point is, or Eddie Guerrero, or... So you see what I'm saying? Guys who had success in WCW, maybe they were plotting all along to try to lay some of this groundwork down. That would have been better, because at least there would have been historical ties... To WCW that Kurt Angle didn't have? What historical tie did he have to WCW? None. Has there ever been a successful invasion angle? Ever? No. 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 But this one really could have been just because of the, the meat and potatoes of what it was. I think it always comes down to everybody feeling like they... I 
homestead don't have to take the loss, but like you were saying, with Vince not being able to swallow his pride and put WCW over, you know, sure. not, not over the whole angle, but right, for at least build him up, right. you know what I'm saying? He can still go over in the end, but I, even with like, I mean, DDP could have been used in that angle a lot better. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Vince can't even put his own product over parts of his own product. Like, you look at the, the brand split now, and when they did Survivor Series, it was like, okay, he could have let SmackDown overall win, but no, Raw's always going to win. We always know Raw's going to win because that's Vince McMahon's baby. Sure. You can't put SmackDown over right. for two seconds. Right, Even though he owns both of the companies. Right, or I agree. both companies, you know. And the flip side to this is, so Vince did the complete opposite of what Eric Bischoff did with the NWO invasion angle because he made the NWO... He was, the plan was to set up two separate shows. NWO show, WCW show. But he buried the WCW so badly that he hurt any chance of having a brand split. So then he had to split his own NWO just to make things balanced again. So there were two opposite sides and both were wrong. They both handled those... The complete 180 opposite ways is the way I think they should have handled those. either of those invasion angles. If, if he opens up the checkbook and gets two of those guys, which we know that Flair, Flair wanted to come. Yes. Because that's been well documented. Flair, But he didn't want to give his money up either. Right. But if they could have met him at that money to pay him for the existing period of that contract, right? Right. And then started a new contract after... Right. With the whatever the actual dedicated terms were, or you get your Hogan or your Nash or your Hall, depending on what state Hall I mean, is. It. Likely, probably Nash or Hogan would have been a yeah. better. Two, two or three of those guys changes that completely. And I, then I feel like if they don't get Goldberg, it's not going. And I hate Bill Goldberg. I don't care if I ever see another Goldberg match again in my life. Yeah, we disagree. No, on you got to get to that Goldberg Austin match. Is what. Right. money would have right. been. Yeah. Uh, and then you have, a couple months after that, you can bring in those ECW guys at a much lower rate. Right. Because, you know... But they, a much higher death rate. And you could have... <laughs> and, and, in fairness, you could have used ECW as the wild card. So some of those ECW guys pledge allegiance to WCW. Some of them pledge allegiance to the WWE. You never know which way those guys are going to go, and they, that could have been where they fit into the aim. You could have had just, you could have done 10 years. <laughs> you could have easily done five solid years based on the, on the start of that angle. I mean, it could have taken different turns, but you could have booked yourself for years and years and years of good building up to certain matches you wanted to see yeah. and how you wanted to see them. I just, I think that they, they completely pissed down their leg on that. And then angle. instead of Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, you've got WWF, WCW, and ECW. Right. And you could be doing, you in theory, could be doing the same thing you're doing today, just with different names. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, and then you wouldn't have, but, and you wouldn't have buried the brand because now later on they decided, hey, we have a gold mine on the, all these tapes for WCW. Boy, maybe we shouldn't shit, we shouldn't have shit on them so much. Because maybe we could sell these things now and make them make be worth more than they have than they are now because of the way you tarnished the name of the companies that you took over. It was probably cool to have like a WWE, WCW, kind of like you're talking about. But at the same time, Vince and the WWE have a way of 
getting in their own way, just like with ECW. Like, it was a great idea and it was great when it started. And then towards the end of it, you could tell like they didn't care. It wasn't a great idea. But the big issue that they have now with the brand split is that the shows look the same. Yep. Except to NXT to an extent. But yeah, yeah. they use the same barricades. They use the same ring. They use the same announce tables. They use the same... Gra- like, there needs to be a difference in the appearance, the, the aesthetic appearance of the show. And then it has a different look to it. Right. You know? Well, and, and I think to Eddie's point, though, they don't put over SmackDown. They really don't. Like, there's some good things they do there, but... Anytime, like, so was there any doubt when there was a big, I was surprised what they did with Nakamura, that they put him on SmackDown, because I thought for sure he was going to Raw, because everybody who's big enough, they put on Raw, and then they let everybody else be, figure it out as, you know, well, we got Randy Orton, so, you know, we got some stars, but you really don't, like, you've got a bunch of, you know, you treat it like a B show still, even though you say you don't, and... That, that's the problem. I think they had some real concerns about Nakamura because of his inability to speak clear English. Well, then maybe that's... Oh, put him on the beach show. Maybe he'll kick someone's head off. Yeah, they wanted to see... They wanted to see if crowds would actually take to him outside of that NXT crowd where it's more work-based and he actually had to talk and cut promos and show up and, like... So the way... Why didn't they put Oscar there? Well... Which kind of threw me for a loop. I was like, well, what you got to Right, because I was, I, I thought for sure, when she, I knew for sure, and I guess she's going to Raw. They're not going to put her on SmackDown. Well, that was also after Nakamura, though, so maybe they saw the Nakamura thing working. Right. And then they said, okay, well, we'll just bring Asuka, right? So, to me, the shows really have to be equal when it comes to talent. They really do. Like, I, that's why there was some rumor, and it didn't happen, that they were going to have Finn Balor win... Uh, the Rumble, but then he was going to abandon Raw and challenge AJ Styles. That would have been cool, because like, oh, hey, wow, big star jumped over. But they don't do that. They don't have big stars wanting to jump over to SmackDown. And that until they do that, nobody's going to look at SmackDown. So really, if, they, if they're smart, then they should take NXT here, Raw here, and then completely hybrid SmackDown as the middle. Like, it's a little bit of the NXT style, it's a little bit of Raw style, and you make it the hybrid. Then you can say you have three distinctively different shows. Because right now, you're right. If you watch SmackDown, aside from the colors, it's Raw. It's, can, it's Raw. Can I posit a question? And I don't, I don't know this, so if anybody has any idea of this, feel free to let me know. Do you get paid... I know you get paid less money for NXT because you're on your developmental deal or whatever. Correct. Do you get paid no. less money on SmackDown? No. Then why do they care? Right. So, if it was me, I'd want to be on SmackDown because that's an hour less. I got to stay in the building. Well, that's your Steve Austin because he used to show up at nine thirty. Well, for for Raw, like, hey, Austin's here, and then he'd come out and beat people up. Some bitch traffic was hell. Uh, Well, I think we're good, right? Yeah, I mean, we're good. We've talked about Aquaman and Krav Maga. Uh, we've gotten to know... Now, if Aquaman knew Krav Maga, he would be over. Yeah. With me. But they'd have to get a Jewish guy underneath the water to teach him. Hey, Morty. They're just going to get Aquaman on Raw. (laughs) On Raw? As the the guest general manager. (laughs) And strap a rocket on his ass. (laughs) By the way, I'm also disappointed, and I know I'm holding on to this, but that there is no, there was no payoff to the Raw anonymous general manager angle. Like who was it? Oh no, they didn't say it was. It was it, it was, was Hornswoggle. 
Oh, was they it? Like yes. randomly on the wrong. Yeah, like, they wrapped it up in the worst. In a laptop underneath the ring. So wait, that. so was Hornswoggle the guy? The storyline where they're just like, okay, like when they wanted, you know, Vince Vince McMahon's kid. Like, Son, oh, yeah. that got fucked up. Well, Hornswoggle. Anytime anything took a, a hard left on him, oh, they couldn't finish how to <laughs> Hornswoggle. Run it. I can't, everybody, I can't finish this general manager story. <laughs> Hornswoggle. It's Hornswoggle. <laughs> Oh man, we've been doing this DX thing for a while. What are we? Hornswoggle! Hey, it's a really good thing he wasn't there in 98. Holy crap, Mae Young is pregnant. Hornswoggle! <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> Book it. But see, the thing about it was, I wanted the payoff to the Rod General Manager thing to be people have heat for all the shitty booking he'd been doing. And then they want to get their comeuppance. Nobody got their comeuppance on Hornswoggle. Right. It just like ended. Like, oh, all right. We ran out of we ran out of ink on the paper. <laughs> so Jesse, apparently we have to make a promo for our podcast, but I'm not exactly sure what we're supposed to say. Oh come on, Nick! We just gotta talk about grapple talk. Where we talk about wrestling, it doesn't matter if it's the national stuff or the local stuff. That's true. I mean, regardless if it's WWE or our local talent, we cover it all. Oh, we also gotta plug the social media. That's right, Facebook.com/slash The Grapple Talk, and you can follow us on Twitter at The Grapple Talk. Man, that was a really good promo. That was high five. Hi, yeah. Hey everybody, this is RGG from the Regular Guy Gaming Podcast on the Grapple Talk Network. I think it's safe to say if you like wrestling, you also like games. So join me and my co-host Ragbag as we talk about old games, new games, games we love, games we hate, special guests, interviews, and of course, Ragbag's love for Luigi Mansion. That is all on Regular Guy Gaming. Check us out. Well, for Jack Spade and Vic Ross, I'm Hotshot Scott Williams. And we want to thank our... Spe- I hope you're going to come back. I hope this was a good experience, Eddie. Thanks, Have a good Eddie. time. I'll definitely be back. Uh, Xavier Mustafa, Eddie Brown. You can call him many different things. Uh, just watch what you say to his face because he, he's a big man and he could hurt you. Large, so, threatening man. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit intimidated myself. But, uh, no, in all seriousness, thank you for coming down and... Uh, We'll like to do this again. We got we like to have a random list of guest hosts like Johnny Carson used to have. People who come in and, and fill that chair. So stop aging us and wrap it up. You know what? I'll promise next time I come, I'll bring T C Washington. Oh, oh see now that right. that's money right there. Hey, guess what's next the next episode is everybody? What's that? Episode twenty. And we're wow. gonna we're gonna hopefully be able to bring that to you and I don't know who our guest is gonna be. We might just bring somebody from the office and just to, you know, kind of help us commemorate that, that, that milestone mark. So thanks for listening. And it might just be a schmuck from the other room. Who knows? <laughs> well, that's possible as well because right. we have our offices right here in our recording studio. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's the Ross Family Matters podcast. Peace. Uh, my-